God is awesome. You know, a lot of times God's, we think God, we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on us to work with him. He's given us everything we need to be able to work with him. And, and uh, I just felt it really, really uh, necessary um, and just being led by the Lord as we started uh, this year out, I wanted to do a small series on prayer. Our theme is Be the Difference. And I, over the next couple of weeks, I want to teach you some principles on prayers that make the difference. There are things, I mean, you know, it's things you just come up with. These are things that God has principles and, and strategies that he has within his word that if we just yield to those, we will get results. Amen. And he's looking for us to be able to help him. And he's looking for people who want to make a difference. You know, my, my grandfather was a, was a minister, and I heard a message from him. Maybe I heard it in 78. I don't know. But it, it, was, it was a message that he preached in 1978. I was only five. And I know we spent a lot of time uh, listening to him at five years old. I don't recollect the message itself, but listening to a tape that I had when I was a teenager. And the title was, Where's the Difference? And my grandfather, if you knew him, he was a very passionate man. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, where's the difference? Because we are called to be the difference in the earth. When a blind man is born blind and he's healed, you don't need to tell him what the difference is. He knows the difference. Christ comes to live on the inside of us. There is an instant difference when he comes on the inside. Old things pass away. All things have become new. We don't need someone to convince us. He has convinced us by the power of his spirit. Amen. And uh, that message, my grandfather, you know, at that time, you know, as he, in, his, in the culture that he was in and, and just, just teaching that message, it just stirred something up in me. And then when I went to Bible college, we had to give our, you know, you had to give little sermonettes as you're, you're growing, going through your schoolwork and everything. So, I just felt really, I felt that like was an impartation inside of my spirit. So my very first message I ever taught in college was, where's the difference? And I did not, I did not cheat and take notes from my grandfather, but I took that theme, and that theme burned in me. Because God wants to see change. People want to see change. We don't want to stay the same. We want to continue to grow. It's healthy to grow. Change in a good way, in a growing way, is healthy. And we need to grow, and we need to help other people to grow. We need to be there to help lead them in the way that they should go, with love and concern. Amen? And, uh, uh, you know, being, being patient with one another. So I felt, you know, at the beginning of this year, really, to, to start this series out, um, prayer that makes a difference. So, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John. It'll be up there in just a moment. But 1 John, I'm just going to share a few scriptures with you. I'm going to lay a foundation here first. But um, there's a couple things that I really want to get into you. And I'm, I'm making this as simple as I can because I want, it, I want you to remember it. It really don't matter if I preach good if you don't remember. It's not about me being eloquent. It's not about you know, me feeling I did a good job. It's if you go out and you are imparted into what God wants to say to you that day. Amen? And it becomes part of you. So what I really, I want, I want to get you so excited about prayer because prayer works, but you have to work it. Okay, there's a sacrifice to prayer. You've got to give up some time to go connect. You've got to disconnect with other things so you can connect with the one who's connected to everything. And it's a sacrifice. 
And at times, it's not fun in the flesh. But the more you yield over to connecting with your heavenly father, the more excited you're going to be. And then everything else, when you feel him woo you or you have that time set aside every day, you get excited about getting in his presence and connecting with him because that's where it all begins. And that's where it will all end before him. Amen. First thing I want you to get, get this in you, is that your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are powerful. And if you have this power residing on the inside of you and you're not praying, then how much power is being used? Your prayers are powerful. Now, it's kind of funny, you know, I think, uh, you know, everybody likes superheroes, you know, like growing up Superman. And, of course, back in, in when I was real young, Superman and stuff, you know, that stuff was, was out. It wasn't it was coming up here and there, but we were still in the Cowboys and Indian days. Everybody remember that? Okay, I guess I'm just old. Anyhow, so we weren't trying necessarily to pretend to be Superman. I was like, I'm the Lone Ranger. And I'm like, I'm his faithfully sidekick, Tonto. Whatever. Praise the Lord. I just wanted a pair of the leather pants with the, the tassels off of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> Anyhow, if you think about superheroes, you know, People get excited about it, you know, Disney and everybody's made billions of dollars off of these stories and superheroes, but they didn't come up with it. God did. Because we are not just human beings, we are supernatural beings because of the God who lives on the inside of us, because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? We can do things that natural people will not be able to do because we have a supernatural God living on the inside. And he wants us to know that our prayers are powerful. You know, I think about, when I think about superheroes, I think about Thor. He's probably not, he's probably not my favorite or my strongest. Uh, but I think, I think Superman would probably be the strongest out of all of them with all the, all the, the, uh, the uh, um, whatever you call them, superpowers that he's got, right? I was thinking gifts. My spiritual mind, all the good things that he has. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> his superpowers. Well, Thor, you know, he had this hammer, right? And the hammer was called the Mjolnir. If anybody's kind of into the, some of that, you know, real deep into the, the comics and stuff. He had this hammer called the Mjolnir, and it's a very powerful hammer. Thor was considered the god of thunder, and he could summon, you know, weather and, and, and different things. And with this hammer, there really wasn't, he, it was, he was really unstoppable with this hammer. And uh, there's a saying that came along with the hammer, and uh, it says that whoever holds this hammer... If he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Now, if you've seen like any of the movies and stuff, not many people could actually hold. They couldn't even pick it up. Like, and even as, you know, whenever his father, you know, in the storyline, when his father sent him to earth to really learn humility, because he was a very cocky guy, to learn humility, for a while he wasn't even able to pick up the hammer because he had to learn humility. And then he was able to pick it back up again. But according to Norse mythology, you know, uh, the Mjolnir, that hammer, uh, is depicted as one of the most fearsome and powerful weapons in existence. And, you know, engraved on it, it had that saying, Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. But you know what? In the Christian faith, the hammer is the word of God. And we're counted worthy because of our faith in Jesus Christ. It's through our faith that we possess the power of Elohim. 
God Almighty. Amen. We're worthy through Christ. So God wants us to know that our prayers are powerful. And just as Thor's powers are limited without the Mjolnir, when he didn't have that hammer, he, he still had some strength, but it wasn't necessarily supernatural strength. It was just strength. He, you know, he could get beat up here and there. But when he had that hammer and he could fly, I mean, he could take out, you've seen him, you know, throw it. And it would, you know, take out hundreds of people and come back, you know. And then, or if it was, if it was somewhere else, he could summon it. And sometimes he's standing there. And then he would get it. Sometimes it's like that with the word of God. We're putting our faith in it, and we don't see it yet, but we can't stop keeping our outstretched arm to our Father because it's coming. And we'll need it right when we need it to be able to do what He wants us to do with it. It's His Word, and we need to be held worthy to be able to handle His Word in a worthy way. Stewards must show themselves trustworthy. Not for my own agenda, not for my own, uh, uh, my own plans or my own purposes, but for his. So I want to lay a foundation real quick uh, with two scriptures. I've taught on these scriptures before. I'm just kind of laying them together. The first one is in 1 John chapter 5, and it says this, this is the confidence which we have before him, talking about God. This is the confidence we have before him, literally means this is the confidence we have towards or even with him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I really believe this is something big for this year because it's hard for us to believe that our prayers are powerful if we're not confident that our prayers are powerful. And you won't be confident that your prayers are powerful unless you're knowing that He hears you. And when you know that He hears you, it goes on to the next verse, says, and if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we have what we have requests from him. Uh, just what we, we have, what we have, the request which we have asked from him. I'm looking at something different here. Better just keep them on my notes. It says, so this is the confidence that we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You know, my pastor, when he taught on this one time, he said, you know, it could go the other way. He's saying, if, if we, if we uh, don't ask something according to his will, then he don't hear us. Now, of course, we know God hears everything, but there's a difference between getting his attention, like Jesus, when the woman with the issue of blood, she come up and touched him. There were hundreds of people pressing into Jesus, touching him, but someone touched him in faith, and faith caused the power that was in him to come forth. It's when we know that we're connecting with God and his will, and I'm going to give you a little secret here, his will is his word. This is why it's so important for you to get into the Word of God. You will, God will reveal Himself to you through His Word. You've got to have the Word. And if we, if we know that He hears us, we have whatever we ask. We know in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked of Him. Man, you know, you've heard before it's saying, you know, there's a, there's a confession to faith and there's a confession of faith. When you confess to faith... You're really speaking to yourself and getting yourself charged up to be able to speak out in faith. You don't quite believe it yet, but you know the word says it's true and you want to believe it, but your faith isn't there yet. So you keep on meditating and speaking that over yourself until it becomes a reality in your life. And you're like, yes, I do believe. Because when we ask something in faith, you only have to ask it once. 
We don't need to keep going back and requesting like he never heard us the first time. I can go back to him and bring it back before him, but now I'm bringing it back not as in, Lord, will you please do this, but Lord, I thank you that you're doing this. I may not see it right now, but you're moving because you're faithful to your word. Your word is, will not be void. It's going to accomplish everything you send it forth to do. Amen? So we have, this is our confidence. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We've got to, we've, the confidence comes from knowing his will, and knowing his will comes from knowing his word. Amen? So the next one, I'm going to kind of go through the, the brief. I'm just going to keep it in context, and I want to get to the last part of this. This is Mark chapter 16. And Jesus said to his disciples, this is before he ascended to heaven, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. That doesn't mean go out there and just start grabbing serpents. Okay, talk about that in a minute. And if they drink anything deadly, or if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. What did they preach? These things that he was talking about. They preached salvation. They preached freedom in Jesus. They preached protection through Jesus. They preached healing through Jesus. Amen? They went out. They, went, they put action to it. They went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word with signs that followed. What did he confirm? He confirmed the word. Was it their word? Yes, in a sense, it was their word, but it just wasn't their word. It was their word because it was his word because they were speaking his word. They were speaking what he told them to speak. God is looking for us to agree with his word so he can confirm his word in our lives. That's power. Your prayers are powerful. When you hook what you're praying up with what God is saying, things are there's, it's limitless what can be done. Amen? So the second thing I want you to get is this, that your prayers make God's power available. Your prayers are powerful. Why are they powerful? Because your prayers make God's power available. I'm going to take just a moment on this scripture. I want to look at a couple different, um, a couple different translations with this. But James chapter 5, verse number 16 says this, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Man, there's some, there's, there's some powerful things here. You're, you're always going to see there's, there's a confession to and there's a praying for. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. You know what? I think we would be in a little bit more freedom if we would just be a little more open with one another. I'm not talking about airing out laundry. But you know what? I really appreciate it. I just finished this book. It's called The Daniel Dilemma. I, I recommend it to anybody. One of our small groups is going to be going over that, uh, that curriculum. It's about how to stand tall in a, in, a, in, a, in a culture that is bowing down to the things around them. We, we stand tall in the name of Jesus. And I really appreciate this when, when a spiritual leader says, and I know John Bevere's done this too, you know, sometimes you think we've got to be perfect. And here, here he's saying, you know, he's, uh, uh, Chris Hodges is the one who wrote it, and he was saying, you know, I, I don't like going to the beach because when I go to the beach, I know there's going to be these lovely ladies that are there in skinny attire. 
And he goes, that bothers me, and I have a little trouble with it because my natural side wants to look. Just being honest. I mean, there's not a guy in here who has not looked at, at, at the opposite sex and, and, you know, had to get recorrected in our minds. It, it, it's, it's a man thing. Girls may be different with different things. But just being open, he said, but I don't stay there. The thought comes, but it doesn't mean I have to meditate on it. I, I, I re- release my, remove myself from the situation, and I repent to God, and I keep going on. I'm not going to give the devil any stronghold in my life. Amen? With that, he was just being open. Just being open. He's confessing that he's a man. He's confessing that, yeah, he thinks you know, other women outside of his wife are pretty, but he's not going to be lured away because he's made a commitment to his wife. He's made a commitment to God. He's made a commitment to his church. Amen? There's that confession to stay healed. And then there's that praying for one another so that we can be healed. It goes on to the last part of the verse. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. It has great power. I'm going to look at a couple different translations. The Message Bible says it this way. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Living right with God. How do we live right with God? It's not by our own agenda, you know, just our own works. It's living in right and with his standards, what his word says about what sin is, what sin is not. And, you know, those things that are right in his eyes. Amen. And Jesus, obviously, Jesus, he he, uh, covers off all of our sins and he is our righteousness. But a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. The Amplified Version says it this way. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Remember, we're talking about your prayers make God's power available. The NIV says this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's powerful and it's effective. Who cares if it's got a lot of power if it has no effect? Right? Getting into God's presence and yelling out and it sounds all powerful, but there's no effect to it. What does that matter? I want to be speaking his word. It's his word that has weight. And weight don't come because the weight in scripture is considered the glory. The glory, the word in Hebrews for glory is a weightiness. It's when God is coming and settling more upon your life. And you bring forth more a weight of his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. The Passion Translation says, Tremendous power is released. It's released when the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. And the Young's Literal Translation says this, Very strong is a working prayer of a righteous person. Very strong is a working prayer. You want to know that your prayers are working. Your prayers are powerful. They make God's tremendous power available. I'll never forget, um, I I think I was an associate pastor then. I wasn't a youth pastor then. Associate pastor, just praying. Um, I thank God for my spiritual leaders, Pastor Arthur, Pastor Deborah. You never got to meet Pastor Arthur, many of you. 
Um, he's in heaven now. Pastor Deborah, she was a prayer warrior. So was Pastor Arthur. And really, this is why we really encourage you guys to come. If you can come to Wednesday prayer at noon and these next couple weeks during this 21 days of fast, we're going to be having the next three Wednesdays. We're going to be having prayer on, at 6 o'clock from 6 to 7. You can come. Or maybe you can come on Sunday mornings at, at 9.15, 9.20. We start between 9.15 and 9.20 and pray for about 20, 30 minutes uh, and just seeking God. Amen. But I'm telling you what, some of these things, they're not just taught, they're caught. Because you can't teach passion, you catch passion. And I remember seeing my pastor pray, and I, went, I, I would just go because they invited me to pray, and I would go, and, and this is how I learned how to pray. I didn't even know a lot of things. I would just go in, and, and I would just repeat what they were saying, you know, because I didn't know. I'm just learning from them. And then it just became to be a part of me, to learn, and, and to speak out, and seeing God move, and connecting with him. One of the ways it helped connect with me was like, uh, I would pray once I began to get bold about start praying things out, you know, in public, you know, to other people, you know, it's a little, it's a step. And once I began to say things, I, I would get things in, in, in pre-service prayer and I would, is before, actually before I started speaking it out, I would get it to myself and I was like, oh, okay, I see that. And then Pastor Arthur would, in his message, speak, it, would, it happened for several weeks uh, he would speak the exact words and everything of what I said. Or if I saw a picture, he would describe in his message, he would describe the picture that I saw. And that helped me to realize, okay, God, I'm seeing things. You're working with me. So I just need to be bold about working with you and speaking these things out. Amen? See, the thing is, whenever you begin to speak them out, and you're not speaking it out just to speak it out. You're speaking it out because you know it's what God wants you to do. And he wants to release something in the earth and in your life. Then God's, God will even cause other people to see that he is on your life and they'll be drawn to the God that's in you. Pray for me. Help me. How did you do this? What's the steps that you took? Teach me. Amen. God wants us to learn because our prayers are powerful. They make his power available. And I remember this one time I was in prayer and uh, when I was in prayer, sometimes, I'll, I mean, I've had visions before. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a vision, but I would call it like a kind of an image. When I'm in prayer, you kind of like, you have this mental image going on. And I, and I saw like in the heavenlies, it was beyond, it was in the eternal realm, and it was in space, but it was in the eternal realm. And I saw all these words flowing around. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole sky, I could see stars and stuff behind, but the whole place that I could see was just words all circling around, almost like a, like a tornado. And I'm like, what is that, Lord? He said, these are my words and my promises. They're waiting for someone to believe them and release them into the earth. See, because God has already spoken everything. Everything he's going to do, he's already done. We have to agree with what is happening in the heavenly realm. We are the ones he's going to use to release what he wants to do within the earth. That's, I didn't choose that way. You didn't choose that way. God chose it that way. He bound himself to work with the earth through his creation who he wants to have a relationship with. That all they have to do is ask according to his will and he in the eternal realm will meet their needs in this physical realm. Amen? Are you with me? Number two, or number three I guess. Uh, your prayers put heaven to work. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers make God's tremendous or make God's power available. Your prayers put heaven to work. Man, I remember getting a revelation of this scripture, and I thank the Lord for that because he's the one that brings all revelation anyhow. It's not like we come up with this stuff. He breathes upon us. It gets in us, and he wants to use us to breathe it on others. But Psalms 103.20 says this, 
David speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Now, my first, because, you know, Revelation is really progressive. So my first revelation of this scripture was, okay, angels are working. Okay, I understand this. I mean, they, 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 they uh, take God's word and they make it happen. Praise the Lord. My, my greatest revelation now through these last couple of years looking at this, as you look something that gets progressive, is they obey the voice of God's word. Well, guess what happens whenever I put my voice to God's word? I'm releasing the voice of God over the situation, and the angels get busy. Your prayers put heaven to work. I remember a minister saying one time that uh, the Lord had showed him all these angels that were just kind of like sitting around and, and, and leaning back, you know, what are like this. And he's like, what's going on? He says, they're waiting for a job. He says, waiting for my people to speak my word so that they can, they can do it. And then I have a, a, a ministry, a minister, his name is um, Jim Hockaday. He came out of uh, Kenneth Hagin's ministry, and uh, I appreciate his ministry. He had said one time uh, when I was with him that um, he was a traveling minister at the time. I think he's still traveling. But he was out traveling, and his wife's at home, you know, taking care of the house and the kids. And sometimes she would travel with him, but she couldn't, uh, you know, all the time. And he was out traveling, and she's calling him. And, uh, and you know, talking about, hey, you know, we got late bills. We got some things, you know, some things going on here. I'm dealing with this pressure. And uh, so he's like, Lord, I'm out here doing what you've called me to do. And my wife is, you know, she's concerned. I mean, we've got these bills coming in. So, you know, what's going on? And right then it came up in his spirit, the scripture, because God, this is how the Holy Spirit works with you. He works with the word. This is why it's so important, again, to get into the Word. You could say it this way. You have to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And guess what He works with? He works with the Word of God. So you've got to give Him something. Get it in there. And He's so, he's so gracious and so kind if you don't have it. I've even heard of people, you know, just coming to the Lord. They don't even know scriptures that the Holy Spirit would give them a scripture. Say, here, use that until you get it in you. Then you get it in the treasure of your heart, and he will draw out, the Holy Spirit will draw out both new and old revelations that God wants you to believe in. And out of this, he said he was in his bathtub in the hotel room and thinking, just got off the phone with his wife. Hopefully he didn't have the phone in the bathtub. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyhow, he was there, and he said that he was, he was praying, you know, seeking God. He's like, you know, this just don't seem right, that, that my wife's at home, and we're, we're, we have such a need and there's part of a growth thing, too. You know, it's not like we're always going to have, you know, ample, in a sense, when I'm, how can I say this without, it's not like we're going to be overflowing all the time. There are going to be times because of growth where God needs us to grow that we're going to have to go through places that we're, we're put in a position to trust in Him. Amen? So we can grow. Hallelujah. So as he's in this bathtub, he's there. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brought him within his heart and it said this, My God shall supply all my needs. In his glory in Christ Jesus. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know that. And all of a sudden, he saw an angel right there at the door, door to the bathroom. And his, first, first, his first thing was, i got to get a towel. There's an angel, you know. But the angel's just standing there. And he's like wondering. He, the Lord let him see this angel. And he's like, look at what he's going on. And that just kept coming up in his spirit. My God shall supply. And he didn't speak it out yet. He was just, it was just in his spirit. 
And finally, he just got a hold of it, and he just said, My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And all of a sudden, the angel went, whoosh, took off. Remember, remember what uh, Gabriel told uh, Daniel? He was hindered. He said, I was, he said, from the moment that you prayed, he prayed in faith, from the moment that you prayed, I was released with the answer to come and give it to you. But the spirit of Persia, it was the stronghold man, the spiritual stronghold in Persia, hindered me. But Michael, the, the warring archangel, he came to fight him and it released me to come, and I've brought you the answer. Otherwise, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have taken 21 days. I would have got here sooner. But I was released. And guess what? Even though there was a, a, a hindrance from the enemy, the enemy still could not stop the word getting there. So at worst, I got this this morning in prayer. At worst, the enemy is just a hindrance. He may hinder you for a season. At least, he is just a distraction. He tries to distract you from connecting with God and his power to get heaven moving on your behalf. Amen. Man, I want you to get excited about uh, praying and seeking God and connecting with him. Anybody remember, it was probably, I don't know if it was in the 70s or early 80s, anybody sci-fi people remember the movie called Dune? Nobody. Wow. Generation. Ah, Brother Dan, he's got it. Dune. Anyhow, it was a, they lived like in the, in, the, uh, um, in the sands and stuff like that. And these, and these guys, they were learning. They were, they were the good guys. They were learning how to uh, use their voices and as a weapon. And they had to have this little concoction thing like that. And they would speak. They would just say these syllables like cha. And, you know, and, and, and weapons would come out of, their, out of their throat. And it got to a place that one of the lead guys, he didn't need that anymore. Everybody else needed it. But he believed in the power that was in him that he didn't need all these other little things anymore. He just spoke and it happened. And everybody was, you know, how does this happen? Man, we have to get confidence in God. This is our confidence. And we know that we're asking something according to his will. When we speak it, he's bringing it to pass. Amen. It, it releases his power. It, it uh, puts heaven to work. Praise the Lord. And heaven buzzes with excitement over the prayers of the saints because this is how God has chose to interact with the earth. Through the prayers of his people, his words spoken through our mouths releasing heaven on earth. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, one of the, uh, there's really two things in scripture that Jesus marveled at. The first one is he marveled at people's faith. When they had great faith, he marveled at that. Another thing that he marveled at, the scripture says, when people had unbelief and they just would stick in that unbelief, he marveled at that. He was like taken back. Why would you want to stay in unbelief? And the greatest thing, honor that we can give the Lord is just to believe his word for his word. We see that in one of the demonstrations uh, with a centurion. He, he sent uh, someone, you know, a, a servant to Jesus to just, you know, say the word to, for his servant to be healed. He had, you know, he was a, must have been a great leader. He had compassion even for his servants. And he said, he's to the point of death. Will you just speak the word uh, and it'll be done? You don't even need to come because I'm, I'm one under authority too. And I know when I say something, they do it. If I tell them to go, they do it. If, I, if they, this or that, you know, he goes, I know. And Jesus marveled and said, I haven't found this kind of faith in all of Israel, that someone would just believe what I say. That's the greatest honor we can give. 
And then the second with that and just believing it is speaking, continuing to speak what he says, regardless of the circumstances, what's going on around us. Because just because you can't see right now the natural things that are happening, heaven is busy on your behalf. When your words are lined up with his words and you're releasing him. Amen. Last thing. Your prayers connect God's promises to people's problems. You know, God wants to use you connecting with him for things in your life, but God is so good and he's so big that it's just not about us. It's got to be about others. Amen. He'll, he's going to take care of us, but it can't, we can't live our lives just us and God. It's got to be us and God and going out on mission, us and God and going out on mission. And your prayers connect God's promises to people's problems. You know, when I when I, we first got our home, you know, um, our, our very first home in Florida, you know, you try to save money by fixing things yourself, and I really didn't know too much, and, you know, the, the internet wasn't really big back then. I'm sorry, I'm a little stone-aged here. Um, and we didn't even have a computer at first in our home. And uh, so I had to learn. I would see, you know, we had a leaky pipe, and I'm just like, man, I don't know. And I don't know how long it took me. Uh, it probably would have, you know, someone like Patrick, he probably could have fixed the sink in, whatever, five minutes. It took me probably five hours you know, back and forth the lows and back and forth, ah, and spending money that I did. I don't know what I'm doing. And just frustrated. But just trying to get because of the mess that was leaking from underneath the sink all, all over, the, over the bottom of the sink, you know, there and on the floor and getting down. It's, it, it's messy. It was, it's just, just a waste. I'm trying to connect that flow to get it right. We, as God's people, are considered priests. And one of our, our jobs as a priest is, number one, to minister to God and to lift up his name, but also to bring other people to him and lift them up to his name. We're trying to put God on them. We're trying to get their situation and their problems, bring them before the Lord, and, and even you know, saying to the Lord, Lord, this is your promise to those, Lord God. Here, here's ones that don't even know. They don't understand, but I'm interceding on their behalf. Would you touch them with your word? Would you bring a revelation of your promise to them so that they can be free? And it's God's desire for them to be set free. So in a sense, we're like spiritual plumbers. You know, we're, we're trying to connect the power of God to other people who don't know anything about it. And their life is a mess. Everything's leaking out. And God will use us with a simple act of speaking his word. And it has to be spoken. Has to be spoken. I know that there's, you know, different people. And, you know, what, you say, what, what if, what if uh, a person is, you know, born and they're, they're a mute? They can't speak. You know, I, I know God would, would change things around. But if we can speak, we've got to use our voice. Amen. We've got to connect our heart. We've got to be speaking these things out. There's, you, can't, you can't win the battle in your mind. You have got to speak it out. That's why whenever you're going through things, you can't stay alone. If you stay alone, you're, 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 you're going down the avenue by which the enemy is taking you off by himself to beat you up. And the Bible tells us two are better than one. Because when we're attacked, we can stand back to back and, and get busy. Amen. We've got, we need each other. That's why it's the hardest thing, and I've just learned this recently. I mean, I've always been a worshiper, but it's hard to want to worship whenever you're going through something. You know what? It, 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 people may not think so, but you know what? Me and, me and Natasha, you know, we have spats once in a while. You know, we get on each other's nerves. We say things. We have to repent, too, in our marriage. Come on. We'll get irritated at one another. 
Sometimes it can be uglier than anybody else because we know, and when we get dirty, we get dirty, right? <laughs> I remember one time, Natasha, I don't even know what it was we were fighting about, but, you know, I'm, I'm easier. Maybe you know, girls kind of mental, mental, mental things, and they kind of just meditate on things longer. Guys, we can punch each other in the face and be like, let's get pizza. <laughs> you know, just, let's eat. That's good. All right. Are you good? I'm good. Well, let's do it. And uh, so if, if, I, if I offend her in any way or something like that, it may take a couple days for her to be able to forgive. And I remember one time saying, hey, you got to forgive me. You know, and she's like, yeah, because I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> so, yeah, just, what's the option? Forgive you or go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> right? But you know what? We had something over, over the Christmas season here where we kind of, you know, uh, got on each other's nerves and some words were shared, you know, and just offended here or there, you know, because people get offended. And I, I went, and, and the Lord was telling me what I need to do. I was like, oh, I just don't, don't want to. And, and we, we've done this many times. Even when we don't feel like it, we know we need to hug because we have to reconnect. So, I mean, it won't happen right then. Otherwise, it might go into a wrestle. Like, <laughs> but, you know, we take a moment, kind of collect ourselves. And then and even this time, she's like, honey, you know, let, let's just hug. And I'm like, I don't want to hug right now. You know, and then she, then she apologized, and I apologized, and we did. But before then, when I was by myself, and I, I just went to the back room, I'm just like, I don't even want to be around right now. I'm just, you know, you get irritated. Come on, just be honest with yourself. And the Lord said, you need to worship me right now. And I'm like, worship right now? I mean, I'm, I'm hot, you know. <laughs> He's like, you need to worship me. There's something about worship that brings everything back into perspective. So I wasn't looking to, you know, I wasn't, he didn't ask me to pray for her. He didn't ask me to pray for the nation. And he said, just come, you need to worship me right now. And when I went in and I just began, Lord, I love you, you know, and, I, and then I get to that place too as I connect with him that I realize there's some things in my life. Lord, forgive me for this. And I, you know, I have to ask her for this, whatever. And uh, I just began to worship him. Lord, you're, you're, my, you're my healer. You're, you're my restorer. You're the unity in my life, in my marriage, Whatever. And it was just something about getting in his presence. It's the hardest thing to do. When you're going through something, it's the hardest thing that your natural man wants to do, but is the best thing that you can do. It's not a, a feeling. It's a conscience choice. I'm not going to do what my flesh wants. I'm going to go in my spirit and connect with God and allow him to bring it back to perspective, what he wants to do. Amen. Your prayers connect people's problems or God's promises to people's problems. I'll just read these two scriptures and we'll be done. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest. And that royal priest really means you are kings and priests. You are royalty. There's authority with that. You are kings and priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, because of this, you can show others the goodness of God. Our prayers connect God's promises to people's problems. You can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Revelations 5.10 says this. You have caused them to become a kingdom of priests. Same thing again. If you look it up in, in the literal, it's going to be kings and priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. The literal translation of that is they are reigning on the earth. We have the authority as kings 
that God has given us authority in our position as that priest. We're kings and priests. We have authority as priests with God's word in his presence to connect with him first and then to bring other people up before and to speak over them the promises of God and watch God what only he can do, do, which is confirm his word with signs that follow. 